0: It is so good to have you with us. If this is your first time joining us, I want to introduce myself. My name is Rhett, and I do have the honor. It really is the privilege of my life to get to be the lead pastor here at One Life Church. Hey, before we jump into the series today, I just want to take a moment. I want to welcome our online church family. Hey, One Life Church family here at the NAMP Pacific Center, throw your hands together. Welcome those who are joining us online today. Let them know how much you love them you're joining us today online, we just want to say how much we love you. You are our family. We are sending you lots of love today. We cannot wait to see you soon. All right, you guys, we are continuing a series called The Best Summer Ever. But before we jump into that, I just want to remind you of a couple things. Number one, everybody say small groups. Small groups. You, gotta go that, you got to go that Yeah, Small groups, right? You got to end it with an upbeat, right? Uh, what are small groups? Well, they are an opportunity, my friends, for you and for I to experience life change. Uh, None of us should be doing life alone. In fact, we have a little thing that we say here where life is better together. And I want you to know that small groups aren't just something we do. It is truly who we are. And we're coming up near the close of our summer semester. It is the shortest uh, semester of the entire year because many people are traveling and, and doing so forth, having fun, going camping, going to the beach, all that good stuff. But uh, I want to let you know today that it is not too late to be a part of a small group. Why are they important? Because as I just mentioned, my friends, I'm telling you, life is better together. Uh, We honestly believe that life change happens in relationships, and that is just not our opinion. That is God's word. And we want to see you living your best life, having the best summer ever. And it's not going to happen alone. It's going to happen in small groups. Can I get a good amen from all those who are enjoying small groups right now? Uh, I've been hearing incredible reports uh, all throughout the summer so far of all the fun things that have been going on. Uh, the really cool thing about our summer small groups, and this is really what I want to get to today, is that they all lead us up to a special day we like to call Serve Day. Everybody say Serve Day. Serve Day. Serve day is a date that I've been asking you every Sunday for the past couple of weeks to, to write down and put that on your calendar. It's like the one day out of the entire year that you don't want to miss. On Saturday, July the 10th, my friends, we're going out and we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and our communities. Can I get an amen, somebody? And so how are we accommodating that? How are we accomplishing that? We're doing that through small groups. Why? Because small groups are who we are. This is how we do ministry, this is how we do pastoral care, this is how we love and serve our city. And so I wanna encourage you, if you're not in a small group, go ahead and join one now, get in part, because this is how we're gonna go out. I've been encouraging all the small group leaders and all those who've been a part of small groups to kinda come up with a felt need within your group. That could be going to cut a neighbor's yard, that could be taking a widow groceries, that could be handing. hey, all Student Life people, check this out, we're going to Mallard Park, we're handing out free bottles of water on that Saturday, but more than that, we're also making free Italian sodas, everybody. Who does not like a free Italian soda on a 108 hot day in the summer, I'm saying. And so we're going to be doing that. Is it about the water? Is it about the groceries? Is it about cutting the grass? No. But what is it about? It is about the person. It's about adding value to people and reminding people that they matter. They not only matter to us, but they matter to God. And we just want people to experience the love of God. How do they experience the love of God? Through the way we honor them and the way we add value to them and the way we serve them on a hot day on Saturday, July 10th. And here's the thing. Uh, It it could be a five-minute thing. It could be 10 minutes. Honestly, you could serve the whole day if you wanted to. But here's what I'm just encouraging you to do. I'm encouraging every single one of us, including those who are online today. Hey, if you're online and you're not able to participate, I mean, send some people some free gift cards to Starbucks how cool would that be am i the only one that would enjoy that <laughs> you know just let somebody know you love him i'm asking for 100 percent participation on that day and it's going to be a lot of fun all right there's one more thing i want to let you know hey guys we are a message note t- oh no no before i get in the message notes that's great because we are a message note taking church go back to the other one my friend uh next sunday everybody say next sunday, next sunday. have you realized what next sunday is everybody it is July the 4th. I cannot remember the last time that a Sunday fell on July 4th. But I'm telling you, in this season, what we're doing as the body of Christ. Somebody asked me the other day, as they like, are we not having church on July 4th? Are we actually gonna close our doors? I'm like, no, my friend, we do not close the doors ever. Have we ever closed the doors? Did we close the door in 2020? No, our doors have always been open. Ministry has continued. How do we do ministry? Through relationships, through small groups. And so what's gonna happen on July 4th is ministry is gonna still take place. How is it gonna take place? Through small groups, through your community, through your family, through your friends, at your barbecue, watching live.olc.church everybody i thought i'd get a better amen than that i got some religious folks in the house who are like i don't know if you're not supposed to go to church on sunday is that okay uh, I've been telling everybody there are a lot of wonderful, incredible churches that I'm really good friends with, the pastors here in this community, and, and they'll be hosting services on July 4th. And I would encourage you, if you're looking for a place to go and to visit and to hang out, I'd give you their name, their number, and they would love to have you on Sunday, July 4th. But for us, in this season of our church, right now, we're going to be taking a Sabbath day with our family, our friends, and, and we're gonna be providing an online service environment, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, it's, uh, it, I've already kind of pre-recorded it this week, and I cannot wait to share it with you next Sunday. So gather around. You can go to olc.church. You can click on the button. It's going to be right there on our website, or you can write that down live.olc.church. It'll also be on YouTube as well. Okay, message notes, everybody. We're a message note-taking church. Um, Go to olc.church, swipe down, hit a little button called message notes. Um, Our job on Sunday morning isn't just to inspire you and just to encourage you, but It's to give you some practical tools in your hand that you can live out your life of faith and your journey with Jesus Monday through Saturday. Uh, Because I'm telling you what the experience is on Sunday is amazing, but life is a lot more than that. When Monday comes, sometimes it's like, oh my God, what did pastor preach on Sunday? I need that. Any other note takers in the room? right? (laughs) And so this is something that we try to do to give you a tool, to give you some practical ways to apply this in your life. And I'm really excited today. Um, Normally uh, in the summer, uh, overseers are always encouraging me to kind of take a break, you know, and to have an opportunity to bring in some other guest speakers. And today I want to let you know that we're really honored and it's a big joy and an honor for me to have a a dear friend of mine. His name is Pastor Matt Dilley. Uh, Pastor Matt, he co-pastors a church called Tribe Church, along with his wonderful wife, Carrie Dilly, out of Indianapolis, Indiana, everybody. We got any NASCAR or Indy fans in the house, right? So uh, he's an incredible man of God, but more than that, I want you to know this. He's an incredible friend. Um, if there's ever a guy that, and by the way, we planted our churches at the same time. If some of you are new here today, I just need you to understand. We planted One Life Church in 2018 on September the 16th, and guess who also did that at the same time? My brother, Matt, on the front row, but he did it in Indianapolis. And so God's been doing some incredible things through their ministry and through their church, and he's just become a really dear friend of mine. And anytime I'm ever going through something, and by the way, pastors go through things too, you know, because we're human just like you are, uh, pa- Pastor Matt has always been faithful and to pick up the phone, answer my call, answer my text, and love me through some hard times and difficult times. And he is just a dear friend. And it really is the joy of my life to, to honor him and to have him speak to us today. And I know he's really excited, but you know, he's from Indiana, so we're going to give him a little bit of a break, okay? So. So uh, he looks a little bit different, talks a little bit different. He's not the southern boy that you get every Sunday. But can you show him some love this morning with a lot of amens, a lot of shouts, and just welcome him the one life way? Will you do this? The Bible teaches us to show honor. Let's show honor. Will you stand to your feet right now, throw your hands together, and show some love for Pastor Matt Dilley all the way from
1: Plainfield, Indiana Tribe Church. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Man, I'm excited to be here, Idaho. This is my second time here. Second time here, I came out for the, there was like a dream team event. I did some, some magic for that because I do that on the side. Um, you know, so me and Pastor Rhett, he's right. So we planted on the same day um, and where we met, so we're we're both part of the uh uh, Arc, which stands for Association of Related Churches, and we went through this whole like learning how to church plant thing. And he was he was at a different table, but I noticed him right off the bat because he was always around the room. He's talking to people, he's moving around the room. He's like, "Hey, how are you? Hey, how what's going on?" But not like in a way that you're. He's just like networking and stuff. It's like a man who's running out of time, and he's like, "I can meet my new best friend right over here, and I I got to go meet him right." So he's just doing that all over the all over the room. So we're standing in line waiting for tacos, and I turn around, I'm like, hey, here's this tall drink of water, and I'm like, hey, what's up, Rhett, uh, uh, or my name is Matt, and he's like, yeah, my name is Rhett, and I was like, great, and we became friends, right, we just started talking, we exchanged phone numbers, we're at that event, and then we were just talking about this yesterday, we didn't talk for like a year, right, so we met, exchanged phone numbers, and then the day of, and I've decided I'm taking credit for this friendship, because I'm the one who messaged him first, we went back and looked. I had to check. I'm like, who started this friendship? It was me. Uh, I messaged him, and I said, hey, congratulations. You're launching today. Hoping we're really well. You know, hope the church was, you know, great. And he responded back. And then that kind of went back and forth, back and forth for a long time. And I just, I love hanging out with him because it makes me feel like I'm being led back to the Shire. Um, that's a Lord of the Rings joke, if you don't know that, like, because I'm a Hobbit in this scenario, and he's really tall. and. It's truly, it's truly how I feel. You know what I mean? It's almost like I have a bodyguard with me wherever we go. And it's, it kind of makes me feel important. Even like I was checking into a hotel and he's like, this is Matt Dilly," And I'm like, right, this is my bodyguard, Rhett. And he will mess you up if you mess with me. Uh, <laughs> did you notice, you know, she's a tall guy. Um, but I'm, I, 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 I can't, um, I can't express into words my love for, for Pastor Rhett and the friendship that I have with him and uh, what he's mean to, meant to me and uh, to my family. And I just hope you guys know how blessed you are to have him. I, re- I really do. I really, really do. Um, and he's he's an excellent communicator. And honestly, I, I am not that level of communicator. You know how you feel when you're watching a football game and you find out the starting quarterback's not playing? And you're like, man, I just hope the other guy doesn't turn the ball over. That's what I'm trying to accomplish today. Does that make sense? Like, that's what I'm trying to trying to make... Happened today, like man. I just, I just hope he doesn't throw an interception. Just run the ball, man. Just run the ball. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to run the ball today because I, I don't, I don't have exactly what what Pastor Rhett has, and that's okay. I'm okay with who I am, and I'm okay with my height most of the time, and I'm excited because you know my. I, I've been sitting all morning just getting texts from from my team and my church uh, back there in, in, in Indianapolis, and honestly, like, they had one of their best, like, we've had one of our best summer days ever today. There were just so many people coming today, and I just, I want to honor them and, and honor what, they're, what they did and, and all the great things that are happening there today, and honor my wife as well. She was out there. She preached a good word, and, I, I, you know, just thinking about that word honor uh, for a minute, as we've moved through what I think was probably one of the hardest year of many of our lives. I mean, at least for a lot of people. I think honoring is one of those things that just kind of went out the window. Um, honoring people is just one of those things we just stopped doing. We were super honoring, you know, for a minute for with healthcare workers and teachers, you know, but that that's kind of all gone now. We live in, I think, one of the most condemning, critical, canceling cultures that has ever existed in the world. I mean... I mean, we also don't, right? I mean, I think in a lot of ways, we live in a more kind, loving, uplifting culture than has ever existed. I think there are more opportunities for more people than has ever existed. I think the message that all people need and deserve is love love is more prevalent than ever before. But here's the problem. We have too much access to each other. We have too much access to each other's thoughts. We have too much access to each other's opinions. And when it comes to what's shared on the internet, people are more likely to share that bad review than a good one, right? You're you're more likely to notice the bad than the good. I mean, any of you, any of you guys use Yelp? I'm I'm part of the Yelp elite, which is one of the weirdest flexes I can have, but (laughs) I am, I'm part of the Yelp elite. It's an actual program that you get nominated for. You have to be accepted into this program to be a Yelp elite member. And this happened to me in the year 2020, which is probably a weak year to get in, right? There wasn't a whole lot of reviewing in 2020. but that's all right. Listen, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, and it may be a week year that helped me get into the program, but it could also be that I didn't have any reviews from 2014 till on, right? I only had one review from 2014 on, and that review was a one-star review for a Party Rental Place. So basically, I take bounce houses very seriously. That's what you can learn from that take bounce houses very seriously. Don't mess me over on my bounce house. It shouldn't be dirty. So the value, though, of honoring each other is one of the most important values in our culture today. And I think it's one that's missing the most in our culture uh, today. And if you're a follower of Jesus, we're called to live in a different way. We are called to live in a different way. Instead of condemning, criticizing, and canceling, we need to uplift, love, and honor each other. We're called to live in a different way, right? So we're going to be going over uh, Paul's letter to the Romans. Honor one another above yourselves. Romans 12, 12, 10. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor everyone. Honor everyone. The people you like, the people you don't like, the people who agree with you, the people who don't, the people who vote differently than you, the people who look differently than you, the people who stand for everything you're against. Honor everyone. Honor them above yourself. I love this because Paul sets a standard. He's like, honor one another. How much, Paul? Well, honor them more than yourself, more than you honor yourself. And for some people I know, in order for them to honor other people more than they honor themselves, they'd have to honor them a whole lot. They'd have to honor them a whole lot. It's a a struggle, right? I don't think we look for ways to honor people in our society. I, I don't think we look for it. And friends, don't think this is new. And look at, look at the verses about Jesus from the book of Mark. Jesus had just been performing miracles, healing people. He's out in the world. And then Jesus left there, left the part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. And it goes on. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? They're so impressed by him, right? They can't believe him. They're amazed. Where is he getting all this wisdom? How is he doing all these amazing things? They're, they're, they're honoring him there, right? And then it says, isn't they scoffed? Is he just a carpenter? The son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And the sisters live right here among us. Hear this now. When, when you are offended by a person and it's so easily... It's so easy to get offended right now, right? When you are offended by a person, you cannot receive anything good from them. Your heart closes up. Your mind closes up. And look at Jesus' response to this toxic culture he encounters in his hometown. And Mark, Jesus said to them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. There are places then, if we listen to this, there are places where he receives honor. And there are also places where Jesus doesn't receive honor. In the original language, the original Greek, and we get, we get better truth and understanding when we look at the words in the original language they were written. There's a word in the Greek uh, for honor and another word for without honor. So without honor is Atmos. Everyone say atmos. To dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. And then conversely, Honor, it looks like the word time, but it's actually pronounced tima. Say tima. 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 To value, respect, or highly esteem. To treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. Or to put it another way, dishonor is like to take something lightly. To take it lightly. When we take something lightly, we take it for granted. We don't give it the importance that it needs. We treat it as ordinary. When we dishonor something, we treat it as ordinary. And But conversely, when we honor, we, to see something is worth, value it, to add weight to it. Because we're called to live a different way. We are called to live a different way. This is what we are called to do. See people for what they're worth, the value that they have, and then add value. We add weight behind it. We add us behind it. Put, put it more like this. Honor elevates and dishonor decimates. Honor elevates, dishonor decimates. God has called us to be the people who elevate, people who see the value in people, and then we add weight to it. We add importance to it. Our society is not used to living uh, by honoring others. And they weren't used to it in Jesus's day, clearly. They weren't used to it in Paul's day, or he wouldn't have needed to say, honor one another above yourselves right? In his letter to the Romans, he wouldn't need it if they had it all worked out. Because paper and ink weren't cheap back then. Every word that you wrote had to be important. It was valuable. And we're still not used to it now. I know that I'm still not used to it. You know, when, when I'm standing in line talking to Rhett, figuring out what kind of taco that I'm going to put together, we had just, we had moved uh, from where we were to plant the church. We had, we had moved different houses. And we were supposed to move in right before we went to this ark event. And we were supposed to close uh, the week before that Friday. Well, I get a call that Friday, and they're like, hey, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. You're not gonna get to close till Monday. I'm like, well, we're not closing till Monday. We have, to, we have to be gone by Tuesday. There's no way we're gonna be able to move into our house. Like, what are we gonna do? And I'm like, so we'll just have to wait till we get back. So we had all our stuff in storage. I'm like, that's fine. We'll just wait until we get back. So we're at this conference and, or this event, right? And I'm getting texts from the people who are on our team already, the people who are deciding uh, that they're gonna join our church. And they're texting me and they're asking me some questions and they're kind of weird, right? They're like, hey, what's the code to your storage unit? Why would you possibly need to know that? They're like, oh, well, we think there's something in there. Okay, great. So we give them code to the storage unit. They're doing all this stuff. They're asking me these questions. And so we go and we come back and they had moved us in. We walked in and every, like they had, my, my wife, uh, her mom, they had already talked about some of the things and where they might want to have them. Cause I honestly, I don't care. Um, just just make sure I have a bed somewhere and I'll be, I'll be set. Um, but they had already talked about where they're going to put everything. And we walk in and everything's where we wanted it to be. They cleaned the oven They had made sure like all the um, cabinets had like the lining in them. They had done all these extra touches, right? They put stuff together. All our beds are made. That, when you heard that, right, you're like, oh my gosh, because you don't want to help people move, right? They're like, you, can you help? I own a truck. Let me just tell you, that's a bad thing to have, right? You own a truck. They're like, well, hey, you're coming, right? Because you have a truck. What are we going to do? And these people moved us in without us, and it it strikes a chord with you because, like they they were like they were honoring us. They wanted to honor what we were doing, and they were like, "We know that this was. You're already away. You're already thinking about what's what's next, and you're planning for how God is going to move in people's lives, and you're preparing yourself for it. And we want to honor you in the meantime." And I'm on, like, honestly, like I'm, I've told this story tons of times and it still gets me. And it wasn't something that we had to talk about. It wasn't something that we leveraged. They just did it. I, I don't think I'll ever get over it. And those people, along with so many other Jesus followers, they're called to live in a different way. We are called to put others first. So what, what do we do with the people in, in, in life who do, not, who do not honorable things, Right? What do I do with the people who do not honor me? Well, honoring people begins with God's claim on them. Honoring people begins with God's claim on them. Honoring begins with how God sees people. Let me ask you this. How many of you, hate, how many people hate standardized tests? Or maybe this. How many people feel like a standardized test is a good measure of a person? Okay, so none of us, right? And that, that's, or at least it should be, right? Because Jesus, that's because... A standardized test is a little pinpoint, right? It's how well a person was doing on a certain day at a certain time. It doesn't show us the whole picture. It doesn't show us the big picture. It doesn't show us how hard they had to fight just to get where they are. It doesn't show how hard they're working just to keep it all together. It doesn't show the little nuances that make a person a person. It's a pinpoint. It's not a whole picture. And in any given interaction we see in our day-to-day lives, we're seeing a pinpoint of that person We don't see the whole picture. We're not seeing everything, but God sees the big picture. God sees it all. God has the unique ability to see people in their depravity, and he also sees them in their dignity at the same time. Right? He sees them in their depravity. He sees them in their dignity, and that should encourage you very much. It, It should also challenge you very much because God is calling all of us to do the same. God is calling us to live in a different way. When we go into the world and interact with people, it doesn't matter what they did. We want to see them like God does right? We're going to see them in, a, in their depravity. We're almost wired to, right? To see the corruption, the evil, the filth, the sin, but at the same time, we're going to see them in their dignity, right? How they are loved by God, how worthy they are of God's love. In scripture, it looks like this in Romans eight thirty, It says, and he predestined, those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Just real quick, I know this is a dangerous verse for a lot of people because of that word predestined. People get real hung up on thinking that God wrote a play and wrote some of us out. And I don't believe that God has predestined anyone to be out. I don't. I believe that God has a predestination, meaning he has pre-planned for you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and, you, and me. Everyone's invited to the party. Everyone. And we do this, this predestinations yet. But I heard this father of a groom at a wedding one time say this, and I'll never forget it. He said, we're not surprised, but we're very proud. I wasn't surprised. I did everything in my power to set them up for success, but it wasn't all up to me, right? Some of it was up to them, and I'm very proud of what they've accomplished. That's how we view predestination. God is a predestination for every single person, right? God has called every single person. He sees us as called. He sees us as worthy. He sees us as justified. He sees us as glorified. He sees us that way, even when we mess up. God sees the depravity and the dignity. He sees it both. A couple weeks ago at our church, we were in a parenting series uh, talking about, you know, kids and that they don't need any help knowing when they've messed up, them that they messed up. Our reaction, we should, we say our reaction should always be, especially because a lot of times you saw this coming. You didn't study for that test. You didn't write and you want to tell them beforehand, but a lot of times it's good just to let them fail. And then you get to say, oh no. Oh, no, I'm so surprised. You're not surprised, but you pretend to be surprised. Oh, no, I'm so surprised. That's not who you are, right? That's not who you are. What are you going to do? If you have the opportunity to try this with your kids, let me know how it works. I don't judge my become, right? I don't judge them by what they've done. I see what they can become, and God doesn't live like someone loves us like that. We need to live like someone loves us like that. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors, whether you agree with them or not. Submit doesn't mean you have to agree. It just means that we honor. We honor. By the way, Peter was writing this when he was uh, under an emperor called Nero, uh, who killed people for sport, who would eventually kill Peter. And Peter is urging us to honor those people who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and condemn those who do right for. It is God's will, God's will that by doing good should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Peter was a good Jewish boy. He knew his Bible, right? I have to think that he was thinking of Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent, but also all the times Peter wanted to speak up and Jesus told him wait. Just be still, right? And how over and over and over again doing good, doing what is right, honoring people, silence that ignorant talk. And when we, do, we when we do this, live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as servants for God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God, honor the king. Why does God call us to do this? What else is going to reach these people? What else is going to get through to people for whom there is no pleasing? What else is going to speak to toxic people? Those people who are constantly condemning. Those who can't stop criticizing everything around them. The people who cancel first and ask questions later. What else is going to get through to them but the unconditional love of God? And honoring them. One of my past ministries, our church was right uh, in the same parking lot as a funeral home. So what ended up happening all the time, constantly, where people would come in when a a loved one had passed away, and they would come to our church, and they'd be like, hey, I, I need someone to do the funeral, right? We don't have a church. You guys are in the parking lot. I need you to do the funeral, All the time, all the time. And, you know, at first I was like, yeah, man, all right, cool, right? But after you do so many, you're like, oh, my god, this is great. I'm going to go do a funeral for people that I've never met in my entire life. This is going to be super fun, right? Everyone's going to be sad, and I'm going to be talking and honoring someone that I've never met, right? They've already passed away. So the guy comes in, and he's like, hey, I need someone to do this funeral. And uh, my wife just passed away. And I thought, oh, that, that's rough, you know? And I was like, you know, uh, why don't you tell me about her, right? I want to know, know about her so I could write about her. And he started talking about it. And he told me, he's like, listen, she kind of came to this church every once in a while, but I don't believe. Um, and she's like, he's like, she did, but she just didn't do a good job of coming to church. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's fine. And we started talking, and uh, I was like, man, she sounded great. I, I really wish I could have met her. I really wish I would have had a chance to, to meet her. He's like, yeah, I wish that too. And I went and I did the funeral and, and um, I talked to him about, you know, his grief and the struggle that he was having. And uh, after it was over, he came up to me and he said, hey, um, would, you be willing about, would you be willing to meet with me just for lunch, just to talk about, about God and stuff? Yeah, Steve, I would. I would happily meet with you. So I started meeting with Steve once a week. Once a week, we would go out to lunch and uh, I would try to buy and Steve would not let me pay. (laughs) Steve would not let me pay. And he would ask every single question that he could think about, about God and faith and things like that. And eventually I had the opportunity to baptize him. And yes, praise God. And he gave his life to Jesus. He came to church every week. He started giving, he started serving. And all of that happened by honoring what he was going through, honoring his, his deceased wife, Honoring what I saw and what I saw him in him, right? Because he, he honestly always been. And that's who God sees you to be. When we ascribe honor to someone, they often become more honorable. Don't wait for them to deserve it. Give it away. Give it anyway. Don't wait for them to ask for it. Give it away freely. And maybe the reason we don't honor people more often is that we get mixed up in who we think honoring benefits, we start to believe that honor, honor, honoring benefits me more. That's not really how it works. And we're going to go back to the last part of the first verse we looked at this morning. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town among his t- Do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. The expression there is akindantu, which actually means he chooses not to do something. Jesus limited his miracles as a result of the way that he was being honored. And I wonder how many people we wanted to help but just couldn't because, I wonder how many people he wanted to help but couldn't because of how much they dishonored him. And I don't ever want to lessen the influence of God because of my own poor attitude. I don't want to ever lessen what Jesus could do because of my own poor attitude and my inability to honor people the right way. And conversely, the, the, Paul in his letter to uh, Ephesus says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on earth. We don't do, we don't do it because our fathers and mothers deserve it. We're doing it because that's what we're called to do. Here's the last example that, that I'll leave you with and why it's so important that... We honor people. My, my kids, Jack and Bailey, they're, they're 12 and 14, which means they're you know, in that awkward teenage stage. They aren't here today, but if they were, if you dishonor one of my children, don't invite me to lunch, Amen. right? If you dishonor one of my children, don't try to be my friend. If you dishonor one of my children, don't give me any gifts or gift cards, If you dishonor one of my children, it will not help to sing praises to my holy name. Do you see where I'm going with this? Because I won't be impressed. If you want to make things right with me, you start with them. But if you honor my children, if you're there, if you love my children, if you do something for my children, if you're there when my children need something, you don't have to give me anything. I love you whether you love me or not. When the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, he told them, he said, our father, our father, he's fathered all of us. And how we treat his children matters. It matters. Honoring people can be difficult. It can be difficult. But it is worth it. And church, as a a faith, it's our only way forward because honoring leads to respect, respect leads to influence and influence leads to love. And by this, everyone will know we are his disciples based on how we love one another. You don't need to have it all figured out to honor people like Jesus. You don't need to be able to answer everyone's faith-based questions you just need to be able to honor them as a child of God. As someone that Christ died for. And that is everybody that you've ever been eyeball to eyeball with. Everyone is someone that Christ died for. I just want to take a second just real quick and just I want to honor all of you. I want to honor One Life Church. This 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 didn't exist, right? Just a few years ago, this didn't exist. And now look, right? There's chairs set up. There's a stage, right? There's all this sound. There's kids that are hearing about the love of God. And there's people's lives that are being changed as a result of your sacrifice and your commitment and your willingness to step into something. That's amazing. I just want to I just want to honor Pastor Rhett one more time. I know I already honored him at the beginning, but I'll tell you what. He honors everyone. And you know what I love about that? Is I've met pastors that they're, they're standing up here and they're like, oh man, I just love you, man. I just love you. And then later they're like, he drives me nuts. And I'll just tell you, I spent the last several days with him. He does not do that. When he talks about you, he talks about you the same way he does right to your face. He loves you and he honors you all of the time. And when he says, I feel like it's the greatest privilege of my life, he means that it's not superficial as a friend he loves being your pastor and I love having him as a friend and I am so grateful to have him in my life church I'm asking all of you today to speak out honor love and affection right you don't have to do this in the parking lot because we do try to get all of you out of here right because you're like, no, you go, no, you go, no, you go, right? Don't do that, right? It'll take all day. Overtip your waiter or waitress at lunch, right? Overtip them. Offer to pick up the check, right? And if someone fights you on it, you just buy the restaurant, right? <laughs> you lost. It's over. But let's honor God with our lives. Today, I honor God. God changed my life. God changed my life. I I used to be an atheist for like the first 19, 20 years of my life, devout atheist. And that's a different story for another time. But God loves me so much. You know how much he loves me? He let his son die for me. I, I don't understand that kind of love. What would possess someone to do something like that? But he had to let his son die so that I could live. There's no greater love. That's the best. I honor those today in here, in this place, who may be far from God. Because just like God, we see you in your depravity and we see you in your dignity at the same time. I look at you and I tell you, it doesn't matter what you've done or what you think. I know that One Life Church embraces you. This is a church where people who are far from God can come and say, I don't think these people are judging me. I think they really care for me. I think they want good for me because they see you in your depravity and they see you in your dignity. And today I wanna invite you on that journey. I honor you today with with heads bowed here, eyes closed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you want to change your life, if you wanna receive what Jesus did for you on the cross, I'm asking you to release the control of your life over to God. And if that's that's what you are today, because that's what repentance means, handing your life over to God, he's in charge. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward, give you the mic or do anything weird. I'm just asking you to be bold enough just to raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying with. If if that's you today, just raise your hand up in the air. Just put it up so I can see you. Yeah, I see you over there. I see you right there in the middle. You can lower your hands. Even if you didn't raise your hand, you can still pray this prayer today in your heart because God hears you. God hears you even as you sit in your chair. Pray with me, Jesus, thank you for dying. You weren't supposed to die for me. That cross was for me and you paid for my sin. Today, I repent to you, God. I'm giving my life to you today. And I want to thank you for seeing me in my depravity and seeing my, in my dignity. And today, I receive what you have for me. And I will follow you with all of my heart. In your name, I pray. Amen. One life, can you put your hands together for people who made a decision for life change today? Decision for Jesus?